This is the Illuminate Podcast, a Sandy Boy production. Each week on the Illuminate Podcast, the hosts will bring you insightful conversations and stories of people who are illuminating their own lives through their business, work, community, family, and world. Hello and welcome to the Illuminate Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Emma Benner, and today you're listening to episode 105 with Dr. JB. Dr. JB is a board-certified emergency medicine physician who recently started Hope for Med, a private membership company to combat burnout among healthcare professionals. Through her YouTube channel and podcast, she seeks to educate anyone who has visited or may visit an emergency room for themselves or for a loved one helping to illuminate the lives of others during particularly difficult times. Make sure to go check out Dr. JB's work at her website, realdrjb.com, or check out Hope for Med at hopeformed.com. If you love this episode or you've loved any of the recent Illuminate podcast episodes, make sure to share us about us on social media, give us a podcast review, or just tell all your friends about us. That is just the best way for new listeners to find the show. Good old word of mouth will help us continue to grow the show and get more people to hear these incredible stories. All right, everyone. I hope you enjoy my conversation with Dr. JB. Awesome. Well, today on the Illuminate podcast, I am so excited to be chatting with Dr. JB. Welcome to the show, Dr. JB. Uh, Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Now you are someone that you wear many hats, you do many things, you are involved in so much. So I would love to hear from you yourself and kick us off by introducing yourself and all of the work that you do. Okay. Well, yes. Thank you so much for that introduction. Um, my name is Dr. JB. I am a board certified emergency medicine physician and I am currently residing in Florida and I work full time as an emergency medicine physician. Uh, in addition to that, I am a mother, a wife. Uh, I am the CEO and founder of a company called Hope for Med that focuses on the wellness of healthcare professionals and starting to talk about some of the issues that we just don't really discuss and highlight. And I also am a YouTuber and I have a YouTube channel called Dr. JB. That's really just a focus on health literacy and what patients should expect when they come to the emergency department. Yeah. Yeah. You, you do a lot and you help so many others, um, in your field of work, other healthcare professionals. And, and one of the things that you do have is this organization called Hope for Med. So do you want to introduce that and talk about the work that you do over there? Uh, yeah. So the Hope for Med is this company that I created because I was looking at my colleagues and just realizing that we uh, do not have the support that we really need to be able to continue providing optimal care. And this is a company that um, it was actually an idea back in November of 
2020. So it's about a year old now that it transitioned from an idea in my head when I was just doing my shifts and just realizing, you know, I work in the front lines and I was, you know, surrounded by patients that had coronavirus um, Mm -hmm. and, you know, some of which were, were, were dying right before my very eyes. And I was looking at my colleagues, my co emergency medicine physicians, the nurses, um, the respiratory therapists that I worked with, and just realizing that in the environment that we found ourselves in, there was no time to really, truly debrief, um, to really just exhale. Mm. And so, you know, the, the reason why Hope for Med was created was to really be able to provide that outlet for healthcare professionals wherein they have a community of their peers where they can go to and uh, release some of that extra baggage um, that they're not able to do in their day-to-day and with peers that understand what they're going through where mm-hmm. they don't have to go and explain themselves and explain why it is that they're feeling the way that they do because we understand because we are living it and experiencing it day in and day out. And did you see a need, did you see burnout for within your coworkers and other healthcare workers? Did you see that before the pandemic? Was this something that you kind of thought about before the pandemic started and before um, that caused like such an excess in, in burnout and we saw more of that burnout within healthcare workers? Or did this really come to mind during the pandemic for you? No, prior to the pandemic, I was always interested in creating some kind of um, environment for healthcare professionals to really be able to connect with each other. Mm-hmm. And so it wasn't, my focus wasn't necessarily about tackling burnout and, you know, mental health issues. But, you know, I, I, I remember thinking about what if we had a, an outlet that allowed us to really strengthen our bonds with each other. Um, so, because of course, you know, when you are in medical school, uh, first year medical school, you're not really entirely sure what you're going to do. And so we're all in this big, um, auditorium together, learning together and, you know, mingling. But then as the years progress and you start choosing your specialty, you end up going, you know, separate directions and you don't necessarily mingle with other people um, that are outside of your profession as much as you did before you specialized. And so, yes, a lot of the people that I interact with are, are fellow emergency medicine you know, providers because, you know, that's that's my life now. Um, and so when I work with the other specialties, it's, it's usually to give them work, <laughs> you know, so okay, yeah. I'll, I'll call the cardiologist because I have a person who's, you know, having a heart attack that I want them to see and, and so on and so forth. And so, you know, initially the ideal really was, you know, how can we make our work environment more enjoyable? Um, because yes, burnout was an issue, but it wasn't, it wasn't the forefront of my mind um, okay. initially before the pandemic occurred. It was more so, you know, realizing that if we strengthen our bonds, um, the interdisciplinary bonds, then our individual practices will become um, a place where we actually look forward to going, you know, um, to our jobs. And so, and that idea was um, was planted when um, I was at my job and I volunteered for a Feed the Employees okay. um, um, day where the physicians were serving breakfast to the employees at the hospital. 
And so I found myself, you know, next to, on one side of me was a nephrologist and the other side of me was a radiologist. And, you know, the nephrologist was serving eggs. I had the pancakes and the radiologist had syrup. And, you know, and so in between like um, serving breakfast to the employees, we were, were mingling, not on a level of, oh, you know, nephrologist, I have this person with kidney disease that I need you to be, you know, involved in, but more like, hey, you know, who are you? You know, um, what are what are some of the things that are of interest to you? And just, you know, um, just having that, that social um, interaction that strengthened my relationship with them so that when I did have to give them a consult, it was, we didn't, I didn't get as much pushback from her. She's always going to push back. But after that experience, when we really got to know each other, then it was just more like friends talking to each other, which okay. made it more pleasant. So that was initially, you know, my idea before COVID, like, oh, why don't we create more, more um, opportunities, you know, instead of like the once a year um, mm-hmm. banquets where we can get together, you know, have little retreats, but interdisciplinary retreats to really get to know each other. Yeah. And what are some of those things that you now seek out to implement in maybe the practice that you work at or that you suggest for other people? So, you know, first and foremost is really just talking about the issues, Um, Mm. you know, and because there's still there's still a lot of stigma in medicine, you know, about mental health issues, you know, even about you know, burnout. Granted, because of COVID, you know, and and just the overwhelming nature of it, it kind of uh, moved all these issues uh, ahead a lot quicker. <laughs> um, and so you you hear a lot about burnout um, in the media now, where it wasn't prior to COVID. Um, and so I think that it's it's COVID has really made these things more exponentially. Um, exponentially visible, I guess, is the word that I'm looking for. Um, And so my podcast that I have really features fellow healthcare professionals and really just talks about the realities of working in medicine. You know, it's not about what we see on TV. That's not, you know, the day-to-day in medicine isn't Bray's Anatomy. You know, even though my patients ask me that question, <laughs> you know, and I'm yeah. like, no, it's not like Grey's Anatomy. Um, you know, our day to day isn't 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 like that. There's there's days where you feel, you know, like you really made a difference, and other days where you just, um, you know, ask yourself, why am I here? What why am I doing this? And I'd imagine that's like heightened as an emergency medicine physician that because you're making such snap decisions, you don't have a a day to sit on it and think what would be the best solution you have a few seconds, a few minutes, you know? Yeah, no, that's very, very true. Um, and you know, the, the EDs are really busy and, um, and, and you have people in the waiting room, you know, waiting to be seen. You have these patients that are in front of you and you have to make, like you said, these, these quick decisions, um, and to, you know, decide, you know, what's the next step for them. Um, and, you know, oftentimes in the emergency department, you never really see the outcome, right? You oh, see, you know, yeah, you have yeah. a sick patient, you stabilize them, and then you get them admitted to the ICU, and then you never see them again unless they come back into the emergency department for mm-hmm. some other issue. Hey, everyone. Just a quick break here to thank Nutrafol for supporting this episode of the podcast. 
Did you know that 30 million women are impacted by weakened or thinning hair? If you're among them, know that you're not alone and that there's a solution you can trust to deliver results. You can grow thicker, healthier hair and support our show by going to Nutrafol.com and entering the promo code Illuminate to save $15 off your first month subscription. This is their best offer anywhere and it is only available to U.S. customers for a limited time. Plus, there's free shipping on every order. Get $15 off at Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, and use the promo code Illuminate. All right, back to the show. What do you like most about your career as an emergency medicine physician? I like the versatility of it. You know, mm-hmm. no two days are ever the same. Um, and, you know, as, and it's not just emergency medicine, but I think just as a physician in general, you, you know, what other specialty or what other profession, you know, can you go into where you walk into a patient's room and within minutes you know everything about them, you know, literally. Yeah. Um, and so there's such a, such an honor in that, right? Like, you know, just by saying, hey, I'm your doctor, now tell me your whole life story and everything, you know, that's that's gone in, you know, maybe things that you've never even said to anybody else, but you know, you can you can you can trust me with it. And and patients, you know, are are oftentimes very willing to just bear everything to you. Mm. And and it's such an such an honor to to be on the receiving end of that. Yeah. What led you to become a doctor like what interested you into pursuing that career originally so I you know am one that said that I always wanted to be a doctor when I was a kid I think I was influenced a lot by my sister who also um, had had desires to go into the medical field and in the end she ended up becoming an epidemiologist Um, and I pursued medicine and I used to always want to be I wanted to be a pediatrician initially so that was everything I'm going to be a pediatrician um and then when I got into medical school I realized after I did my pediatrician my my pediatrics rotation I realized "Mm, maybe not you know why was that (laughs) I, I I think I realized that the way for me to really be able to give the care that I want to a, a child, uh-huh. I need to focus on the adults that take uh, care of that okay. child. Okay. Right? Because I can't tell the child, you know, you need to take XYZ medication, you know, mm. <laughs> yeah. and expect them to do that, right? It's the adults that need to be empowered to be able to serve yeah. and take care of their child. And so that's, so that rotation made me realize that, you know, I could come up with all these plans that I want from my pediatric patient, but if mom and dad or grandma or grandpa or whoever's taking care of the child isn't going to implement it, then, then how am I going to be that as effective? And mm-hmm. so that's why I changed my mind towards the adults because I realized that by helping the adults, I can, you know, help everyone else in the family too. Yeah. Um, and so, so then I thought, okay, I want to go down and, and, and do like internal medicine. I had this desire to do global medicine, like international medicine. And initially my idea was to be an infectious disease doctor and do okay. international medicine. Yeah. And then 
um, the earthquake in Haiti happened mm. right before I started my applications for residency. And I am Haitian. And okay. so that really had a profound effect on me. And I was able to go down to Haiti and... Um, and I was working in a clinic near the capital. And when I was in that clinic, I was just seeing all sorts of patients coming in of all ages, um, you know, newborn, pregnant women, um, elderly patients, patients with um, traumatic injuries from the earthquake, as well as medical emergencies. And I remember, you know, being like, wait, what kind of healthcare professional or what kind of physician would allow me to really be effective in situations like this oh, in wow. humanitarian crises. Yeah. And that's when emergency medicine um, became of interest to me. And here I am. Oh, interesting. Wow. And then how long did you practice until you decided to start branching in to all of other all of your other work with YouTube and Hope for Med and all of those things? I know Hope for Med was just in this past year, but how long before that did you start branching into other things related to your work but outside of your work? So, I practiced medicine for about 10 years um and then branched out. And actually the YouTube and Hope for Med started um Almost simultaneously. Okay. Um, yeah. So both of which I've been at for a little, well, um, just about a year now for, okay. f- for both. Yeah. And then you talked about the importance of healthcare workers to find an outlet outside of work and to find that balance outside of work to have something for their mental health and to prevent burnout. So what do you do personally to debrief and to find that outlet outside of the work that you do? Yeah, I I think it's a fantastic question. You know, for me, I enjoy um, being out in nature. Okay, yeah. You know, in Florida, there's a lot of parks (laughs) that you can go to and, you know, just... um, you know, debrief and just be one, you know, nature is such a fascinating place. Um, and it's so peaceful, you know, especially when you leave a busy emergency department and there's so much, you know, stimulate, um, stimulation just to be uh-huh. able to just be one with nature, um, is, is so calming, you know, for me. And so I, um, incorporate that in my day to day, you know, just, you know, taking walks, um, my local park, my walking trails around my house, my backyard, you know, yeah. just, in, just incorporating about 30 minutes a day and just being one with nature. And do you find it harder to step away from work now that you have um, different pieces of your work outside of just being in the emergency room? Like your, like all that we've talked about, Hope for Med and, and your YouTube, do you find that it's um harder to find that balance now that you have so many different avenues of your work mm-hmm. yeah no that's very true it is it definitely is challenging i think that you know one of the 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 benefits about what i'm doing is that they're they're kind of a little bit different you know and mm. especially with um hope for med you know the the topics that you know we discuss it really helps me in terms of processing my experience too and so you know one outlet 
when you talk about, you know, how do I you know, cope with, with everything that, that I'm doing, you yeah. know, hope for med and, and, and the, and creating, you know, hope for med is also an outlet for me, right? Because, um, in terms of the things that I put into place for it and the way that I've constructed it, you know, in my mind is, you know, towards a person similar to me, you know, with a, with a schedule that's not predictable. Yeah. Um, and the importance of having that flexibility, you know, is definitely really key. I think, you know, for me, one of the things that really is stressful is if I have, um, an appointment with, with, you know, somebody and they want me to have, you know, meet on Mondays at three o'clock, every Monday at three o'clock. That's not realistic, <laughs> you mm. know, <laughs> because, you yeah. know, as an emergency medicine physician, you know, I work mornings, I work afternoons, I work overnight, you know, yeah. just because I'm off this one, this Monday doesn't mean I'll be off next Monday. Um, you know, and so really having that flexibility in terms of the services that are offered is really important. And so, um, that's another avenue of, of release for me. It's just, you know, creating these products for Hope for Med. Yeah. Yeah. And do you find that that schedule has to be just so much extra challenging, not only with this work that you do um, on the side, but along with, you know, you mentioned you have a family that you, um, that takes your time and, and definitely is something you're also dedicated to. So I have to imagine that schedule can be, can be trickier than just your typical nine to five when you have kids. Yeah, it's very true. Um, and you have to be more intentional in terms of planning your time um, to yeah. really allow for all those things to, to happen. Um, and, you know, truth be told, like, you know, with the schedule, of course, um, uh, at times I'm not able to spend as much time with my children and my family as mm. ideally I'd like. Uh, because I'm balancing all these other um, responsibilities. Yeah. And, uh, but what I do try to do is, you know, when I do have the time to be with my family, I give it my all, right? Okay, yeah. You know, turning a minute into like, make it feel like it's an hour. Mm, you know, that. really being present. Because you could have all the time in the world, but if you're not present, then then yeah. it feels like you're not there at all. So something that I loved on your website in your about me section is that you consistently came back to the word advocate and just saying that you're going to do your work to help others and to be the best that you can for them. So how do you personally advocate for people in the emergency room? So there's a lot of things that happen behind the scenes that patients have no idea, you know? Um, And so... You always have to keep the, the patient's best interests in mind. And so if you, for instance, have a patient that you think needs to stay in the hospital, for instance, um, you think that they need IV antibiotics or whatnot, um, you know, you're constantly advocating for them, uh, you know, in terms of trying to facilitate them even getting admitted to the hospital sometimes. Sometimes it's a back and forth. Okay. You have to talk with all these different consultants. You have to get you know, almost essentially like buy-in, you know, by the hospitalist. Granted, you know, you are the, the hospitalist's eyes, right? Because they're not there necessarily seeing the patient. And so you have to kind of, you know, stand up and advocate for the patient, um, you know, to make other specialists and other 
um, healthcare professionals realize, you know, that it is in the patient's best interest that they need X, Y, and Z. Mm. Um, and so, you know, that's definitely one way uh, that I do it every single day. And then also in terms of just having, you know, facilitating fa- uh, discussions with families um, around a variety of, of topics, that, you know, including like end of life care and all of those things. Um, you know, but essentially it's, it's listening to the patient and taking in what the patient's desires are and being able to explain it, um, in, in, in a variety of ways to, you know, different people. If you're talking to their family, if you're talking to, Mm. you know, the specialists, um, but always keeping the patient central and, you know, and what's, what you think is in their best interest at the core of all of your conversations. Mm. And then on the flip side of that, how do you think you could um, recommend to people that they can be an advocate for themselves when they're um, seeking medical attention? So um, that is a great question. Um, I think that first is making sure that you understand the plan. Mm. Um, and so instead of pretending like you understand it, if you really don't understand it, just say you don't understand it, <laughs> you okay. know, yeah. and, and, and having the healthcare professional explain it until you really understand it and that you are, um, and that you are agreeable to it. And so, you know, knowing that you as a patient are the expert of your body, not the healthcare professional. You are, right? You know yourself better than anybody else does. Right. Um, and so, you know, really owning that realization. And so, um, you know, that will allow you to really be able to um, stand up for yourself and say, well, you know, um, it, doctor... You're, you're talking about, you know, this workup and it looks like you're, you're looking for something in my, uh, my abdomen, but it's really my chest. Okay, <laughs> you know, it's really yeah. my chest that hurts. And they, you know, and cause sometimes, you know, doctors, especially in the emergency department, right? We have to, you know, see you relatively quickly, make a decision and, you know, keep going. And if what we're talking about in terms of our workup, you know, you have questions about it, then you should ask your questions. Um, and, you know, and, and don't feel bad about asking questions because that's actually what you need to do um, in that moment is really just to make sure that things are crystal clear for you. I love that. And before we wrap up, I do want to cover one more um, piece of conversation that I love that you have um, on your website is the From the Heart um, project that you have and talking about the benefits of gratitude in your daily life and and how it impacts your health. So you do you want to dive into what that project is, what that piece of your work is, and how gratitude can really impact all of us? Yeah, you know, I, I love focusing on gratitude. And on my YouTube channel um, is where I have several videos that really just talk about the importance of gratitude in your day to day. Um, but, you know, so often, we, as people, you know, focus on all the bad things that are going on, you know, all the negative um, things that we're experiencing in our day to day. And if you focus on the negative aspects of everything, then you're just going to start feeling worse and worse and worse and just feel like you're in this hole. There's no way out. Yeah. But the truth of the matter is that 
despite everything that, you know, may be going on, not all of it is bad, right? And so the goal is to really see, is there some kind of silver lining that you can find, no matter how small? But that, you know, finding that, that, that glimmer of, of that silver lining can allow you to have hope, hope for a better tomorrow. And so, you know, when I talk about gratitude, you know, I, I, I don't talk about, oh, I got a million dollars today, <laughs> you know, um, but it's really just focusing on those small things, you know, those, those, those small things in your day to day, um, you know, oh, my son gave me the best hug. Okay, I'm so yeah. grateful, you know, that I was able to receive this, this amazing hug from my son. Or, um, I, you know, got the answer on the first try today. You know, even if everything else went bad or, or if we're talking about, you know, a healthcare professional doing a procedure, like a lumbar puncture, we'll say, which is like a needle in your spine to get some fluid. Like, I got it, you know, today after the first try. You know, just finding something, you know, that um, you can really focus on in terms of being like, wow, you know, everything else is going going bad <laughs> in my day, but this one thing went great. You know, yeah. finding those things to be grateful for allows, you know, releases like dopamine in in your brain. Mm. And that is one of the hormones that, um, it, it makes you happy, right? Um, and you know, the more opportunities you have to release those dopamine, dopamine, um, dopamine hormones, the better you end up feeling, even if everything, you know, appears to be going horribly wrong. Yeah. So what's your suggestion for a gratitude practice? Is this just something, do you believe it's best in the morning or the evening or like writing it down or saying it aloud? Like, how do you see it's best gone about? So I think that it's, it's best, you know, in the evenings when you reflect on your day. Okay. And finding that one thing, you know, that at least, you know, one thing, you know, ideally I, I like aiming for three, but. If you yeah. can't get the three, then at least get to one. One is plenty, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Some days and... that's all you have. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Some days you'll have 20, yeah. <laughs> you know, but, but trying to find that one thing each day that you're grateful for. And even if it's just waking up in the morning, right? Yeah. And being able to, to see another day. Oh, I love that. Well, thank you for all that you shared. I just, I love the work that you're doing. And I think um, it's so important for all of us to hear. And especially, I think so many healthcare professionals can just benefit from from what you're doing, especially in the times that we're in, in the middle of a pandemic and, and all the burnout and everything that's going on. So thank you for not only that work, but for your work in the emergency room as well. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. So to wrap it up here, I would love to know what is the best or most recent book that you have read? Well, most recently I read this book called Blink. Are you familiar with Blink? I'm not, no. So, you know, Blink is, is, is this book that really just talks about, you know, how quickly um, we are able to just make a decision, mm. you know, 
And so it's 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 a fascinating book, actually. Um, okay. But you know, it's just you know how quickly you know we're able to make these decisions without even thinking. Like you know, as soon as you walk into a room, you know, you can get a feel for what's happening. Yeah. Wow. In that instant. Oh, I love that. I'll have to add that to the list. And um, what is an organization that you like to support and would like to give a shout out to? Uh, the Boys and Girls Club. Yeah, I think that's, that's such a fantastic organization that I, you know, I love to be a part of, um, you know, just being able to provide mentorship for the future generation. I love that. That's a that's a great organization. And who or what is illuminating or inspiring you right now? My husband. Oh, why is that? He is in my corner and he is so supportive, um, you know, and he <sighs> continues to push me to, to be better. Okay. Um, and I'm just so lucky to, to have him. I love that. There's your gratitude for the day. Yeah. Um, what is, to wrap it up here, what is your one message that you would like to send to the world or to our audience? I I would say that the one thing is to let go of perfectionism. You know, we didn't really talk about that, but, um, you know, we're all works in progress and, you know, really just focusing on... Um, you know, trying to do a little bit better today than yesterday is really all that that matters. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to my conversation with Dr. JB. If you want to continue to follow along and see more of what Dr. JB is doing, go to her website, realdrjb.com, or you can check out Hope for Med at hopeformed.com on those websites. That's where you can find all of their social media and see all that she's up to with all the work that she's doing outside of her emergency medicine career. And don't forget to give us a follow. We are at the Illuminate Podcast on Instagram and at Illuminate underscore pod on Twitter. And another way that you can support the Illuminate Podcast if you're loving the content that we're creating and you want to hear more from us as the hosts and some bonus content from guests and just different things that we're doing, you can support us on Patreon. For as little as $3 a month, you can help support the pod and help us continue to do what we're doing. You can find that at patreon.com slash the Illuminate pod. Well, thank you all for being here today and listening to my conversation with Dr. JB and a big thank you to Dr. JB for coming on the podcast. I loved hearing her story and all that she had to share about all the good that she's doing in the world. So I hope you enjoyed this conversation and I hope you enjoy the rest of your week.